0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another beautiful episode of the I Hate the Antichrist podcast. Now the sponsor, brought to you by Your Virtual Task quiz. Um, BJ has been awesome. She's helping me with the website, and we're going to keep developing from here. I'll post a link in the description to her business and her stuff, so you can check her out. Again, that's yourvirtualtaskwiz.biz. Um Today we have our guest, Caleb Brown. How is it going Caleb? It's going good man. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, so normally I like to have my guests introduce themselves. So why don't you tell us uh, who the hell you are and what the hell you're doing here? Sir,
1: uh, So, so uh, my name is Caleb. I, uh, I'm, on, I'm on Twitter. I want a podcast. I want a website. Um, podcast is Face Liberty in Praxis. It they do book clubs interviews live readings that kind of stuff and then the website is austriotomism the intersection of austrian economics and Thomistic philosophy got a bunch of great guys over there all writing articles website's currently down but it's gonna be up, up hopefully soon yeah, I'm, awesome um, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: oh yeah I, I like it a lot it's a. Uh, yeah so I, just, I do a lot of um i moved away from I, I still talk politics and talk about like political ideology but i moved less, move less away from like I moved away from the day to day stuff to really cover more like elite theory narratives. Um, what, are, what is the narrative going around right now? And that kind of stuff. And then try to and express that with a lot of like mystic philosophy and ph- philosophical backings of people and the ideologies behind them and the pre- presuppositions that they have, they have when they to, to make a political claim, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, mysticism, in my opinion, is the most uh, interesting and intriguing part of really any religion. But uh, Catholicism in particular through uh, St. Sir Thomas Aquinas honestly has a lot of really interesting stuff on par with uh, Eastern uh, Theosophy. Or not Theosophy. Um, what's, what's the word I'm thinking of? It's uh, the... Uh, oh, man, now I can't remember it. Um, it's what the Orthodox call uh, mystical oneness with God. It was... Oh, um, the, oh, my oh God. I'm
1: going to blank on it too, man. <laughs> So if you ask me like if you ask me like an hour ago, I would have been on the spot, but the moment I yeah. starts like when I'm talking to somebody he's like what's that called? The moment I hear what's that called my b- my brain goes completely blank and I forget exactly. everything I ever knew. Jamais vu,
0: yeah exactly exactly. <laughs> well, um, Theosis, there we go. Theosis, theosis. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> so yeah, um, well, uh, the subject for the day, the body of the Antichrist. At which we're levying accusations today are basically fake Christians who use words in Christianity to not just honor the state, which is it considered fine in Christianity, but to actually worship the state. Yeah, I
1: can I can always think of several. Um, if you can't see if it's audio, you can't see, but I'm putting quotation marks around Catholic, uh, like Catholic for <laughs> choice, for example. Those he's in heretic losers. There's just, just quite, quite a bit of them in the Catholic community that need to get the, get the shit right.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think we all know about how bad they are in the Protestant community, especially with um, what, are, what are they called? Uh, prosperity preachers. Oh. They basically worship the self and the state towards the self. They're the worst. Yeah. I, oh, the I
1: I can't stand prosperity preachers. The only the only time I've ever enjoyed watching one, I can't remember his name, but it was like some guy got cornered for an interview about buying a jet from like Tyler Perry. Oh, and yeah. he was like, Is it true you said you don't want to fly commercial because the everyone on the plane is demonic and possessed by demons? <laughs> that <laughs> would be, it, um... That's it, I that's the actual reason, pretty based. But he, he tried <laughs> to backtrack and like get around like I don't fly because the air stewards are all demons, but that's my reason. You know, um but he's just over here like like... Like, no, no, the people, they try to, like, walk it back. It was just embarrassing. Like, if
0: you say something that base, own it. (laughs) So that would be Kenneth Copeland, who Mm -hmm. has three private jets, which, by the way, they're named, if I remember right, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. (laughs) What? Yeah, I'm not kidding. Oh, I
1: I didn't know that part of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, so he has that. That's why he has private jets instead of flying coach or even flying first class. And, uh, that man, I don't know if you've ever, well, you did see the videos. You saw a picture of that. I could, I could talk to a thousand atheists for a thousand (laughs) hours each and not convince a single one of them that, uh, God exists, but I can show each of those thousand atheists, a picture of Kenneth Copeland's face, and I can make each of those thousand of them believe in the devil. (laughs) <laughs> honestly that's
1: a weird thing nowadays i i know several people who have come to believe in god solely because they, they can't account for how evil modern politics and modern people are without, including demonic possession into it like yeah. people are going from demons people are not going from god to demons people go from demons to god which is this crazy like it just speaks to how crazy our times are nowadays that people don't people are more likely to believe in demons than god
0: yeah yeah and and honestly it's a. Uh... It's really a sign of the times. It's really a sign of how our society is gone. But um, we do see that you know once people start grabbing a hold of mystic philosophies of any kind, as opposed to sticking to what's really popular right now, which is physical reductionism, um, you really are seeing a lot of people become more religious again. Now, much to my personal chagrin, a lot of them are becoming like, i don't know witches which i don't know if you've heard my opinion on witches but in my opinion you're not a witch you have depression you like black and you don't like
1: people <laughs> oh wiccans i mean wiccans, a girl can yeah. sit down on a date with a guy and be like so i'm a witch i'm a wiccan i do magic and the guy's like oh that's cool if a guy sits down and goes yeah i'm a wizard it's just it doesn't work yeah it, 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 it's it's and honestly, the amount of guys I know who have gone on dates and was a girl and a girl brings up, sees a wicked, they don't immediately just run out of there. Like, come on, That's man. It's crazy. It, like it, it a, can't <laughs> be that good.
0: It can't be worse. You see the screenshots of like guys texting their mom, like, Mom, what time was I born? And she's like, No. Dude, stop talking to her <laughs> yes. right now with the Zodiac girls. Oh.
1: <laughs> I, dude, most of my. um, So I, I, IRL, I only have like two friends and one of them is getting married and her fiance and all her friend groups are all neoliberal progressive all of them claim to be bisexual tired of people and i swear to god the amount of like bullshit that gets brought up when it comes to like astrology and 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 myers-briggs test results and they we did i was over there they'd be like for four hours we just took all these different political quizzes not quizzes like these are personality quizzes so they can understand it at one point like hey if you understand me how about you fucking talk to me
0: yeah exactly exactly (laughs) Like, come on Ah uh, yes, this arbitrary set of numbers you got from this quiz online will tell me more about you than talking to you for a couple hours or something. So it's it's like it's like it's like a shortcut. Like they want to know the person. It's like it's like
1: how do I put this. Everyone wants to know things, you know? I mean, that's like a basic truth. People want to know, but people don't want to put the work in the knowing. And so the laziest way of finding out how to get to know someone is having them take some like personality (laughs) test. And it's like, no, you should get to know people because you want to know people. You shouldn't just have a catalog their test scores and then categorize them in your butt. Like, oh, he does that because he's a seven wing eight. No, bitch, I'm a fucking person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, maybe this comes more from the position of like, uh, like Tinder and other electronic dating apps, okay, Cupid, all that, where it's gone to the point where we just sort of judge people based on snap s- snapshots that they think we want to see of their lives, what they think they are. Half the time, they're wrong anyway. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the other half of the time, they forget something that would be important to share. Like, yeah. I don't know, you, you see a lot of trans women uh, not disclosing that shit. And, and then photoshopping up,
1: photos and shit. Yeah, it's it's you, end
0: up, you end up with like basically being Afro Man in <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> we, we screwed that girl from California.
1: For all the shit I just talked on Swazi and uh my, my, my Tinder profile is really my bio just says um, Virgo, Moon Sun, ENTP, all that stuff. <laughs> it's called being it's called being Machiavelli in the 21st century, okay. <laughs>
0: Well, maybe you'll become the prince yet, sir. Maybe you'll become the prince yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got a little bit of the of that uh, internet schizo autism. So I like to over explain myself for everything. So that's my problem with my bios is like if I do a dating app, I fill that bitch out that thing is like from top to bottom on OK Cupid. i did like forty thousand of the questions before i even like found my first chick you messaged me
1: Dude, my my current bumble bio just says um i don't care how many times you say it going to walmart at 2 a.m isn't an event so you're just lonely
0: <laughs> now going to walmart at 2 a.m is and i believe i'm stealing this from a comedian somewhere i don't know i don't know who i don't remember who but uh it is the uh, Monty Python Ministry of Silly Walks. <laughs> I mean, listen, I enjoy going warm
1: at 2 a.m., man. It's like, I'll go at 2 a.m., and I'll just sit down, and I'll just watch. The it people who come in there at 2 m. o'clock are always funny. But it, it's not an event, so it's just a, it's I – I don't know. It's fun, but uh, the, the word event so for women and specifically online dating women is just – um they have to sound exciting you know they have to found oh i have to be exciting because i have to say i go on adventures and it's like no you, you just go to starbucks and try a new order that's not adventurous yeah
0: exactly these,
1: exactly these people. this is why i'm gonna die alone i can't, I can't talk <laughs> to any of these people
0: well i feel very lucky i found a chick who isn't like a freak um she doesn't she's not a zodiac person she's not a an astrologist she's she's not into any of that problem is a dying uh, she, breed she isn't christian either but uh she is open to it so we're working on that together we've been reading a lot of pretty good stuff um, hey, nice recently picked up i don't know if you're familiar uh the bondage breaker by neil t anderson
1: it sounds vaguely familiar but i'm not super aware of it
0: Basically, it's a Christian-based book for overcoming uh, irrational thoughts, negotiating with your inner with your inner self, um, negotiating kind of with God in your head on a certain level, um, kind, of, kind of like the ancient ways, um, you know, re- literally the definition of Israel, uh, God wrestler. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, it covered, I'll put it for you this way. My mom had a supernatural experience reading this book and my dad confirmed it independently um so she was overcoming some personal demons from her past and she was reading this book and all of a sudden like uh she starts feeling a vibration and the house feels like it's shaking lights are flickering on and off like right as she's finishing the end of the book and uh she gets to the end of the book and she closes it and everything stops and then it just feels quiet in her heart and soul. And before then she felt such like crazy emotional distress. My mm-hmm. dad was coming home from work at the time and he walks in and uh he's like, Sandra, what the hell? What what the hell's going on? Why is what's with all the lights going on and off? She says, I've been sitting perfectly still right here in the spot, reading this book for the last like hour. <laughs> She had a, a pretty a pretty substantial experience with that book. So that made my dad read it. Uh, it also changed my dad's life. So I figured it might help us. That's good. So, yeah. um, so back to the main topic. Um, you you said you could already think of a few people off the top of your head that were uh, Christo statists, as I, as I like to call them. Though I wish there were, I think I was telling you this earlier, I wish there were more pejorative
1: terms for this type of individual yeah. i don't think like, status is such a <coughs> <coughs> excuse me like it's just such an overused word yeah. especially in our circles where yeah. it's like anyone who's like like people there are people who support local like the local governments are like 500 people and they're like oh you're a status and it's like no man he's just he like he knows the guy he's friends with the mayor it's, it's yeah. not the same thing as being like an authoritarian
0: yeah exactly but. exactly but, um, yeah, but so, yeah, there's um, a,
1: yeah. you know, there's a, there's a few people. Like Catholics for Choice is one that comes to mind right away. Mm-hmm. The, the pro-choice Catholics which, to me, is yeah. a contradiction in terms. It shouldn't be a sink, but apparently it is. It's a, uh, yeah. Honestly, so it's a lot. The, the, I would say the right Catholics are. Much better. They're not perfect, obviously, because a lot of them are very, you know, micro-nose, milk-toast conservative types. But yeah. at least they have a better understanding of what a government ought to do and what it ought not to do um, than the left does. Than left, left Christians do. And it is a, there's a difference in kind, uh, a difference in degree, but not difference, difference in kind between the uh typical American Catholic political person, I guess you would say. More of a details thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because you i mean you could be a christian on the left or a christian on the right and worship the state i do think that the greater focus on individualism and tradition from the right probably preserves a lot better the christian traditions that uh have actually helped over time um but also it has a tendency to stick on to some of the old stuff that should really be gotten rid of um like uh like i don't know early early animal sacrifices still happening in christianity stuff like that that all got filtered out pretty easily but uh i mean there's still stuff like uh there are christians who believe this myth that a bunch of our celebrations are based off of like stuff we stole from the nords from their religion
1: no oh, yeah <laughs> yeah there's um i know i know quite a few people who are very like even even my mom was um See, 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 I love my mom. My mom is fantastic, but she has this thing with so. So she had one TikTok on a sink, and I want to talk about that for the entire day.
0: Oh, and no it's way. like
1: it was, just, it was just normally it's fine, but sometimes there's things I know about where I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want to debate and argue this, but sometimes I just like I, I can't not do it because I am autistic. Yeah, exactly. And I said, um, I said, uh, like during Easter. I said, um, I said, I uh, hope you don't mind. I'm because I'm the, the Protestant, I'm Catholic. Um, and so I said, uh, i mind, I'm, I'm going to go to my church at Easter service, and I'm not going to go to your church for Easter service." Because that's fine, but um, uh, I don't. I, it's not. It's not saying what Easter, because is not found in the Bible. I'm like, when well, Easter is the word Trinity,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: like, what are we, what are we doing here? What, what are we doing? <laughs>
0: I mean, this
1: it's is not this about this what's weird.
0: in the Bible. It's about, it's about, it's literally about the celebration itself. It's about venerating God, really, at the end yeah. of it, venerating Jesus and His is personal sacrifice on the cross for our sins. That's, that's, that's what it's about. And people who are like, like weird sticklers about how one person decides to do it with their side of Christianity and another person decides to do it with theirs seems kind of weird to me. It's a celebration. Why are you criticizing each other? Just celebrate. It's, yeah, it's, it's a a celebration, a celebrating, the fact that our God came down to Earth in the flesh and gave mm-hmm. His life so that we wouldn't have to die like He did, where yeah. Jesus died a quote unquote true death, He gives us the option to not have to go through that. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's yeah, it's it's, uh, it's there's always a lot of weird things happening around here when it comes to with this stuff because my family's very very Protestant, and I'm not, and so we've, we've stopped discussing certain things, because it's just not going to ever, it's not going to ever resolve itself friendly. friendly what like. type so, of know.
0: Protestantism?
1: Uh Non-denominational, megachurch type. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. I. Um, this Yikes. is actually a funny story. Uh, I went to the church, for my mom wanted me to join it for, for um, Father's Day? Yeah, Father's Day. hmm and so I'd zone in for Father, you know, honor my parents. i of zone him at the church, yep, yep. and I walk in. I can't find one cross. I can't find one um, icon. I can't find like one distinguishing feature that I was, you notice know, a church. There's not just some like concert hall. Um, wow. And afterwards, because you know I'm I'm, I'm autistic and I have kind of an eyes, so <coughs> I start <laughs> talking to people like, "Hey, where's the cross?" I almost walk up to the other like, "Hey, what about genuflect?" You know, where, "Where's Mary?" I started almost doing that kind of thing, but I started against it. And so I, I walked up to uh to people. And I'm like, hey, you want know me to ask you like, where's the crosses? Where's something that to the turrets? And they're like, oh, those are symbols. We're not a we're not a symbol to it. So I'm like, bitch, you have a Starbucks cup in your hand. You saw Starbucks here. You have the logo in your hand. Oh That's my a God. symbol. You have more Starbucks logos and crosses and this is a church. What are you doing? Like I I started like getting viscerally angry about this because what, kind of, what kind of answer was that when you're holding a your Starbucks cup? But, yeah,
0: exactly. And they probably brought bought it inside of the church, right? They did.
1: They did. They oh, have a Starbucks in the church. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah so I hated <laughs> it when I did this, when I when I did it myself, but um I used to work for a mega church. Um, mm. if you're familiar with Prestonwood, um I forget the preacher's name at this point even. But uh, it's it's a TV church, and they have a giant campus, and I mean massive. It has uh, all three tiers of school, so elementary, middle, and high school in America. Mm-hmm. Um, for the listeners who don't don't know that, um, which is basically covers everything except for college. It has a full blown gym there. It has not one but like three giant auditoriums that can see like at least 10,000 people. And the part I worked was the catering service and food service thing where Mm. I was a barista and I was a production cook. My mom was the executive chef. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. Um, Mm. honestly, as, as far as the job goes that way, um, the benefits were pretty awesome too. I got a free lifetime membership to their gym, which came Mm. very, very handy when I was homeless later in life. Um, clawed my way out of that the hard way which is quite quite difficult <laughs> I, can, I can imagine uh, but um i mean honestly that that church uh, i felt like i was sinning simply being there and getting paid for it on a certain level and it, yeah. it felt like my brother john when he was a bartender and he would have drunk people come in you know mm-hmm. they say hey let me get a shot okay i'll sell you another shot and you know it's one thing to have a couple drinks i've got a beer right now but um it's another thing to be serving people until drunkenness and my brother john yeah. quit his bartending job because he just felt like he was serving people's sin at some
1: phrase, point at, at some point you start you start you are not just like selling a good you, you are f- facilitating an addiction and someone's sin stop. and it's kind of like there's a there's a line there it's so like i would love to be a bartender but I don't think I could do it because there'd be, be times where, like, okay, I, I don't want to facilitate uh, an, an addict or facilitate someone's uh, drunkenness. Yeah. And so, while I would love, to, I love making cocktails, I love making drinks. It's like well, I'm, I'm to make there at parties, at a friends' house, and that kind of stuff. Never professionally because it's just it's a line. There's a
0: line there, and just having to walk in that environment can't be uh, can't be yeah. good. If you could find one at a good comedy club, like a high-end comedy club, not like some open mic five people are, are there mm. on the busiest day of the week in the comedy <coughs> club, they usually have actual rules about not giving people more than a couple, three drinks. Mm. Don't serve people who come in drunk. Don't serve the people who already are drunk. That's yeah. that because they're really disruptive in comedy clubs. So uh, okay. sorry. Yeah. Sorry for the unsolicited advice followed so by good. a burp. Um, it's all good, man. I I'm
1: coughing currently because I'm I'm currently vaping and I'm coughing okay. about a storm.
0: Hey, no problem, that's man. I'm I'm duping on a bowl myself, so <laughs> that's how I roll personally. Um, yeah. so, so Christian
1: status, uh, Christo status. So we gotta we we gotta work some a better term for that during the podcast sometime.
0: Yeah, there's not enough pejoratives for these types of people.
1: <laughs> no, I mean when they go in, when the going ideology is is a, a, any form of like imp, uh, how to put this disordered and you go with ideology from the populace is disordered gov- governance you don't want to get slurs for the majority you know You get slurs, exactly. like, slurs come from minorities so it's hard to find a good slur for a majority
0: it really is like I mean the the word cracker is finally becoming like it has like a bite to it for white people <laughs> uh, it's finally it. took it long enough Really I love took that word, cracker. Oh, it's <laughs> great. Cracker is a great word. I love calling white people crackers. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things on the damn planet. Calling a white person a cracker to their face, especially, especially when you say it to somebody after they say some liberal bullshit. They are so <laughs> thrown back. Like, shut the fuck up, cracker. Get the fuck out of here. What the fuck are you talking about?
1: Yeah. Nothing. Oh, uh, there's nothing more fun than like dealing with a. T- a, a uh, I can't think of a good term, but like a liberal who loves to tokenize other races. Yeah, Those are my yeah, favorite exactly. people to deal with in real life. They're so uh, funny. Those uh, honestly might be my least favorite kind of liberal because it's not just that they're egalitarian, but it's that they also, like, they're egalitarian, but they, they're not really egalitarian because they do believe they're better than other people because they're tokenized yeah. as, as a racist. So they really are supremacists, but they, they guide the supremacy in like.
0: It's racism, but you think it's bad.
1: Yeah, it's just, I hate these kind of people. It's like, you are, no, you are a supremacist. You are just trying to guise it to egalitarianism and charity. When in reality, you're more racist than most of the people I know. And I know some really bad racists.
0: Like, I would literally rather deal with a straight up guy in the KKK outfit talking to my face using the N word every five seconds than I would have to deal with a fucking liberal. <laughs> <laughs> who thinks that it's their job to protect every black person? Ugh. Every black person is helpless without them, and uh, also, black people are the most um, what's the word? Uh, the most uh, downtrodden gender,
1: mm. <laughs> gender,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. These it's yeah, it is a what really bugs me is like when these people, when the um, these people start dis- not just tokenizing like a race, but they suddenly tokenize a religion that they associate with that race. Yep. And someone gets like more racist when they're like, "Oh, this person's black, therefore we must like wear African garbs." And it's like, I'm, what, what, are, what are you doing? Like, there's, there's, like, there's always they always find some like tribal or some. Um, lesser known, like, religion is as associated with that community, rather yeah. than, you know, when most of these people are probably Baptists or something in the south,
0: Or they choose some American made-up bullshit like Kwanzaa. Oh my
1: god, Kwanzaa. Don't get me started on Kwanzaa. <laughs> That's that, yes. that so such funny. A, The fact that... The, story, the Kwanzaa thing is, like, a confirmed story that is so absurd and, like, evil and hilarious at the same time, and no one talks about it, really, in, like, mainstream circles, and it's just accepted, like, Kwanzaa's thing is, like, an accepted... Holiday, it's like no, it's this is not even a com- religious, it's completely fabricated by some socialists. I mean, yeah, like he, he also murdered people, but talk about a guy who murdered who's a socialist who murdered people who created a fake holiday. And you can't call and you can't bring it up without being called a racist. And it's like, no, I'm not a racist for saying this guy's this is bullshit. exactly,
0: exactly. And, <laughs> and a lot of a lot of the problem is how do I put this? A lot of the problem about. Uh, this this huge focus on race that's been happening recently is it really emboldens actual racists a lot, hmm. like real racists, like some real <laughs> KKK. I want to murder all the black people, kind of. I've racists. known some. I've I've worked with some real racists. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. In fact, you know what's funny? The most racist person I ever worked with uh, was actually. Racist towards me. Um, he, I'm not going to say the full word because I don't know if I'm going to get kicked off of platforms for saying it. Mm. But basically, he called me a potato N word because I said I'm Irish. <laughs> he was a black guy and he called me that. <laughs> now, I don't know if it was really because I was Irish or because he stuck me on the fries or if the fact he stuck me on the fries had something to do with me being Irish.
1: Oh my god,
0: <laughs> potato wow! Yeah, so uh, like, I, I, I biked home immediately. Uh, that day I quit immediately, biked home, and apparently he quit like three days later. He's, like, oh, that's good. good yeah, there's some
1: <clears throat> like every time, every time you see real racism, it's always kind of a sock. It's like, whoa, I forget I, you like how to quit. It's sometimes you. See you hear all these stories about racism in the news and on social media, it's like, okay, that's not <clears throat> actually racist. That's just someone claiming that's racist. And you see actual racism and you're like, Oh yeah, forget. That's a sing store. Like I'm yeah. so used to people just like tokenizing that word and trying to like make everything racist so you can put some narrative that you forget, no, real racists are still existing and the uh, um absurd.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's and, and it's honestly Kind of horrifying how many people are still actually racist. So, so I live in a, I live in a state that's predominantly white Republicans. Um, right now, I'm in Montana. Um, thank God I'm out of Washington. Um, <laughs> what a hellhole Washington is. God damn, damn that state. Please God, I do not mean that in the curse phrase. I mean that in like the curse phrase. <laughs>
1: Listen, I keep looking at the news, like Portland, Oregon, Washington D.C., L.A. I'm like, how fucking bad was Sodom and Gomorrah? Because I
0: swear we can't be that yeah. far off, right? Like we, uh, it, like we can't be that far off, can we? Remember, they wanted to rape angels when they saw them go to Lot's house. I, I'm
1: 98 percent sure we see the same thing happen. No, they wouldn't try to, they, we wouldn't try to rape the angels today. They try, they, they try to trans yeah. the angel.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, hot exactly. take:
1: All demons are trans.
0: Oh my god.
1: <laughs> uh, no. This i is, is I'm dead serious on this one. Um all demons were one point angels, therefore all demons are trans, making Satan the first trans person.
0: You know what, man? That's pretty epic and that's pretty edgy. I like how edgy it is. That's funny as fuck. I mean it's also it's it's funny. I, but also I, not agree wrong. With it. I don't I don't think can't it's... say I agree with it, but that's funny as shit.
1: I'm working on a uh, hostilism in an article I'm going to write on uh, on it. It's going to be like half, half joking, half serious. I'm going <laughs> to walk that line where it's like, no, I'm half joking, but at the same time, I don't think my logic is wrong here. I had, to, I, had to, I had to start today, so I'm still working on the details for it all, but I think it's going to be a fun article.
0: That's, that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. I, I actually haven't checked out the website too much. Tell me a bit about the website.
1: Well, currently it's down because I'm terrible yeah. with computers. Um, yeah. So at one point it was up and it was um, – you can go to your website. We had links to everyone's, uh, everyone's uh, podcast and we had links to audio articles. We had like about 15 something articles. We had uh, economic articles. We had philosophical articles. We had debunking Ayn Rand articles. Um, we had articles on like the science TM um, we covered a wide range of topics. You know, anything that was like political theory, covered economics, we had covered. We had a great article from um, Connor Mortel at the Medias Institute. He's an intern there currently. On um, Do You Hate the State We visited Where he revisited Rothbard's Do You Hate the State and amended it. Uh, do, do You Hate Evil? Because um, a state is not a state can be evil, but not necessarily always evil. Um, and he he went like after the LP on the abortion stuff. Like, he went hard. And it was an incredible article. that I'm so sad it's not currently up right now because I want to share it every day. So I'm, once the website is back up, I'm definitely posting that one first because it's an incredible article. He's pumping out like three articles a week. He was just emailing me constantly. Um, we got a bunch of great writers. You've probably seen them on Twitter. Available use at available username at Iron uh, I think Anglo use a user, previous yeah. username, is uh, currently working on something for us. So we got some heavy hitters. You're writing some fantastic stuff, and we do a lot of great live readings, covering uh, Eric von Kudla and
0: that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Eric von Daniken. Eric von Kudla. Eric von oh. okay. He was a. <clears throat> he, was, he was he was awesome. He was a 20th century. Um, Austrian noble nobleman, literally he was like, married into royalty. Was a Catholic, um, a humanities professor who like philosophy, history, you name it. Um, yeah. Was friends with Ludwig von Mises and was a straight up monarchist. He wrote an excellent piece called "Monarchy and War" and argued for why democracy made war worse and that monarchy made war, was 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 a where is better. Wars were more, there were less, tra- less casualties under monarchies than there were under democracies. Well, we all um, know he-
0: how I feel about monarchies. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I thought I told you at least online. Um, so basically, my thought is that monarchy uh, with a human as the king is one of the ultimate sins, in my opinion. It mm. is seen as a direct rejection of God. And I get that from First Samuel 8. When uh is, the Israelites made the switch from being under the more free system of judges, where the only authority basically it was anarchism essentially. Yeah. Um, but the only authority that really popped up was in time of need. Judges would pop up to make decisions. Yeah. doesn't would really be called, and they would talk like
1: like Gideon. That's my, my ideal. Gideon's my favorite judge. I am a huge fan of Gideon.
0: I like I like I like Samuel. He's my favorite.
1: Mm. Um,
0: yeah. He's not the saddest story. Yeah,
1: I, I can't. Right. So I, I can't sign on to that interpretation of Samuel one eight, mainly because there was a, a saint who was a king, uh, Saint Louis, who was mm-hmm. king of France. So I can't sign on to the, um, the idea that all kings are intrinsically evil because there was a saint king in Catholicism. Um, but I don't want to get into a debate on First Samuel one eight and different readings of it because I didn't pay for that and I'm not uh, expert on. You know, translating arguing that for a, either way, so I don't want. Ah, to my one, that, my
0: one advantage. Damn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, if you want to do a debate on it sometime, i will happily prepare for and to come back on for that. But I, I'm, I'm currently not yeah. prepped for anything.
0: I, I didn't, I didn't pull you in here to debate you, man. I, I'm not about that. I'm more about open mockery of, of <laughs> pieces of shit. <laughs> Speaking of pieces uh, of shit, back to Catholics for choice. Oh yeah, go um,
1: on. These <gasps> these sons of bitches. <laughs> They were out and going to help like protest against the Roe v. Wade stuff before it was um like finalized. They were out in front of the, uh, the Supreme Court praying the rosary to keep abortions. And I oh have never wanted God. to commit a holy war again because like you are literally praying a prayer oh in, in the holy muzzle about. The right to kill your children. Like, this is demonic. This is, like, probably, I can't even say it's, that it's demonic because, like, I don't think demons can pray the rosary. And yeah. so it's like, it's not even demonic. It's worse than demonic. It's uh, just pure stupidity of evil people, like, trying to co op their co-op the true religion into um their political ideology. Like, it is just pure evil in my mind. I can't think of anything from a religious standpoint
0: that's purely evil I, like that. I think a demon could, could, could pray a rosary. 100%. They're not going to have good intentions behind it. I think yeah. they physically could do the the, the act,
1: pretend. I, I think I think like, it's, it it depends because there's a certain like how do you put this? I watched Ghost Rider <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that is the the the, the, uh, the top five theological doctrines. You know, <laughs> Summa theological by Aquinas, um, Ghostwriter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you know right Nick Cage is a saint. You, we all know this. <laughs> 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 no, 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 those Ghost Rider films are not... The second one's gone. The first one, not half bad. I was not I'm bad. a big fan of the first one. Like, really Nick Cage li- solid actually, in that movie. Yeah, fight a lot
0: of bad stuff with fire in those movies. Mm-hmm. In, in, like, that era, fire mm-hmm. in, in graphics looked really bad. That movie was the first one that seemed like it did fire right, where it's yeah. got a white center that really blinds you it's not these waves yes. of, of just red wisps
1: it was it was finally good fire sees the eye and you may find me all you want but the scene where sam sam elliott like f- turns into the ghost on his horse and they start oh, playing balcuda that, awesome. that scene slaps man you can't you that can't watch awesome.
0: that and not seeing that's just awesome i mean you can't you can't see sam elliott and not think oh shit that's awesome exactly you exactly. can't even that's see his mustache
1: <laughs> no, I, I love I love Sam Elliott, man. That's so uh, the way on Netflix is hilarious.
0: <laughs> I have not had the chance to see it yet. Uh, it gets
1: kind Netflix of bad in the second half of the th- in the second half of the series, but the first half is just like top tier. Um, like it's good comedy, you know. It's like mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge fan of things that are uh, uh, so overtly like how to put this like a parody of political views. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite like political parody of humor characters is um. You ever seen a show of Boston Legal?
0: I have not.
1: Okay, so Boston Legal, William Satner plays a lawyer called Denny Crane, who is a very witch, successful lawyer who's Mm. super old. Um, And he hates on Democrats, refuses to take any case for a Democrat. Um, Carries guns in his office and carries guns everywhere he goes. Carries guns to the courthouse because he sneaks into the back. And at at one point, the the elevator's out in the building and it's like, the second lady in charge walks in his office covered in sweat and is like, do you know what's wrong? He's like, no, what? And he's like, I had to take the stairs today. Why aren't you sweating? Take the stairs every day. Elevators are for Democrats.
0: <laughs> and
1: this, yeah. like the like the boomer level parody of it all is just so on the nose. It's hilarious to me.
0: Huh. I I I uh, think I'll give it a try. You said Boston Legal. Boston Legal. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll great
1: comedy. It. James Spader's in it. He play, plays a lawyer. Just great show. It was it was a weird one because it came out like came out like right before cancer culture really became a thing, so the mm-hmm. shit they say in that so that like, they could like the amount of sexual harassment between the cast members uh and the show is so absurd there's like there's like there's no way any so now this could even come like a quarter of the way they go forward it was a sexual harassment in that show, and so it's kind of a window into like a time where people cared, but there was no power to change anything
0: mm-hmm. and so it was a really really interesting show. Well, I am a pretty big fan of uh, James Spader. Uh, I don't know if you know this. A lot of my listeners will know this. I'm a huge Stargate fan. Dude, uh, I love, love Stargate. Stargate. Uh, I grew up with my dad. He was in the Air Force, so he loves Stargate. He was all about it. So, um, he, dude, we that, watched the entire show together. So dude, many
1: times. yeah, that movie is great, and I'm, I'm watching the show now, and I I love it. It's like it's the best sci-fi I've seen since Doctor DS Nine. It's it actual is, it's science fantastic. fiction. It's not yes. science fantasy. Exactly. It is that's uh, so good. I mean, that movie is just movie's like how I put it, it's like Stargate is just a better version of the Atlantis movie Disney made.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. So um, it's a I'm
1: going to watch that tonight probably.
0: is so on point in mm-hmm. Stargate that they they po- they did the same thing that Star Trek has done where they came up with something in Stargate. It was something like uh, some Gould system lord has this planet where there are people on it. And it's like a binary system. And when the, the planet goes around the two suns at a certain distance, every 20 years or something, it gets mm-hmm. irradiated. Or I don't, I don't remember how long it was in the gaps. But basically, mm-hmm. it slayed everyone on the planet at a regular interval to keep the population low and weak. Um, and then, like, that was in Stargate Universe, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. And then later, Wait, like a year or so later, two, two or three years later, Scientists searching the sky found that kind of star system. <laughs> that exact that kind so of star cool. system. That Dude. is so crazy. It's just I a different what, time interval.
1: I think one of my one of my favorite shows episode episode was um that episode that, they went to they went to the stargate, and it was a black hole on the other side. And they actually did like, they depicted like the effects black holes would have on time. And so, like, in, like the closer you got to it, the slower you moved. And so, like, the general Hammond goes upstairs, like, get help. And he goes up the elevator. For him, it's like two minutes. But on the up top, it's like, dude, you were the elevator for like seven hours. And they're trying to get people into help. And it's been like two weeks on top. And the, yeah. it's just a really, like, not many shows play with time in a way that's actually like the representation of time affecting local, the time affect time dilated and local effects like that, you know? Like, Doctor Who does time travel, but it's always kind of bullshit. That one actually showed, like, time's effects and the localized area, and it was just so good to see.
0: Yes, exactly. And and there's so much good content in that show. Mm-hmm. It's so like, 11 seasons? like
1: There's 8 seasons, and there's 5 seasons in Atlantis, and, like, sadly, only, like, what of was it? That show should have got more seasons. I love the idea of universe. Like, that show was...
0: Oh. It wasn't and as well cast as the other two. Yeah, but it's it could have been. It could have been. It 100% like, could have been.
1: Great cast, too. I mean, I can't remember the guy's name who plays the main character in that one, but he, uh, he's one of the Steelers at Once Upon a Time. That's, how, that's what I know him as. Yeah. Um, he's
0: fantastic. Yeah, my my interest in Stargate slowly started waning once the Ori were introduced. I kind mm. of I kind of stopped giving a hoot once the Ori were introduced. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, that's just me. Um, I, I always preferred the Goulds. I they are pretty the cool. Staff weapons... Um the only thing I hate about Stargate uh is something actually the director also hates uh the Zat guns. Mm. The it yeah. arbitrary it works how we need it to in the moment guns.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's like some episodes they use them all the time and some episodes they don't even touch them. I'm like why do you carry those regularly?
0: Yeah, it exactly. was it was
1: this plot plot device but Man, the the ghouls that stuff was so cool. It was the massage they would pull into it, and the the um the crazy costume they would have for the characters, representing like different uh, gods of like misogy. Yes, that's There's, my favorite. That's part. a great, such a good cast too. Like I'm a huge fan of um I uh, can't remember the guy's name, but he's the guy who played um oh my I'm drawing a blank on it now. Of course, um then not Carter um Zach O'Neill, Z- great character, love oh, yeah, Zach O'Neill,
0: M- MacGyver, um Richard <laughs> Dean Anderson yeah um amanda tapping played samantha carter um, she was oh my god she was. She christopher she was fantastic. judge uh, otherwise mm-hmm. known as kratos to so the kids Dude,
1: watching when, when i noticed that when I was, I was playing god i was watching stargate and i decided we play god of war and i'm like that really sounds familiar and i looked oh, it up I'm like, oh my god it's it's teal yep and you're so like it's, hey,
0: it's teal <laughs> <laughs> oh you yeah. know, for such a great show with such a big f- following, I'm surprised, mm-hmm. and so many seasons, I'm surprised it's not as you know a lot bigger than it is um, yeah. compared to like Stargate or Star Wars or I mean like Star Trek. Or
1: Star Honestly, Wars. I don't want to get too big because if it gets too big, they're going to try to make a new one, and I don't want like a new Trek version of Stargate.
0: <laughs> they are working on a new Stargate. Sort of a bit. <laughs> yeah, this one's a movie. Um, they also tried making a few video games, but mm. um. None of them. None good. of their video games were good. at were really that good. Um, mm. Though I had an idea for a Stargate video game. I would. I have come up with so many ideas for video games in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Man, but
1: anyway, gotta, back gotta, to so yeah, back to the topic. We are going on tangent <laughs> of uh, tangent by tangent over here. That
0: that is what I love about podcasts <laughs> <laughs> so much. Um. So, you you've had a few experiences with with Christos Statists, but what why do you think it is that they don't recognize that the way they treat the state is blasphemously worshipful to the point where they're basically eschewing god for the state
1: because why most, do
0: they think it's okay
1: because most christians don't actually know christianity they just know what the person they go to they go to here on sunday's talk like i had this i had this uh Argument I made on a podcast a while ago, and it's this is not a reflection of Protestants. This is like again, I, I'm not defaming Protestants here. Mm-hmm. I am saying that the one of the effects of the Reformation was that anybody could basically go and start their own certs. Uh-huh. And when you have the people who can re, um, basically you turn certs from a religious institution to a business to a business and an entrepreneurial uh, enterprise, you're gonna have people who can see the incentive structures. And when the, the current culture is liberal. You're going to get people who are going to create liberal esque um, pseudo churches that claim Christianity just to get a following and get power and get money. And they're going to end up creating yeah. these, uh, yeah. these terrible narratives and these terrible explanations and basically just mislead people under the guise of Christianity. For And this is not all Protestants, obviously, they're all great Protestants, but it's like when you, the, the, the door opened in the Reformation, and also in America specifically now, that anyone can, any dobler up the street can buy a building and open up a church and he, he can just play into the incentive structure of the people when the incentives are liberal you're going to create liberal churches. so i think it's a mark i think it's incentive market sync
0: that's that's a very interesting perspective i can see how i can see that being true in a lot of cases i i i don't view it as uh as a criticism of of protestantism just just you stated it as, as an effect of the restoration and i think honestly um Having grown up Protestant, um, I, I would say I agree with that. Um, honestly, I don't even know what I consider myself right now. Um, I'm actually drafting a new statement of faith. Um, hmm. I'm going to see where I can go with that. Because there are some things I, I agree with about Protestantism. There's things I agree with about um, Catholicism. I'm honestly not that knowledgeable on eastern orthodoxy or i don't think i think most
1: eastern orthodox aren't knowledgeable on eastern orthodox because it's so (laughs) it's so uh they have the whole yes and saying which i I am a fan of in like debates but not a fan of in theology Uh,
0: um
1: and it just leads to these people getting so many different um views that are permissible under the the tree of orthodoxy and it's just it's well, it's not having the same problems like a catholicism or a not being in a Western frame and uh, suffering from liberalism in the same way. It is suffering from a different kind of um gap where people are able to interpret things their own ways. Yeah. That they shouldn't that they, that's not true, but it's so loose that it's not like it's um, how do I put this so me contrast it this way in catholicism, there is a catechism that explains what they what what a Catholic supposed to believe. So if you hear someone say something about catholicism, you look up in the catechism, and go, okay, is this what it's supposed to believe? Orthodoxy has multiple catechisms, and not even like a set catechism. And so, because of that looseness, there's openings for people to bring their own interpretation into things. And it's it, so it's hard to figure out what is a actual Orthodox truism and not just a statement an Orthodox person is making. And at least my take on modern, Orso, or at least with the Orthodox on Twitter, I interact with.
0: Yeah, um, most of my ortho stuff is actually from my family because uh, my uh, uncle. Uh, he converted from Methodism to Eastern Orthodoxy, uh, yeah, Eastern Orthodoxy, um, like when I was like 11 and that actually started a bunch of arguments to the point where now my dad and my uncle, like they just don't talk about religion because Mm -hmm. at some point my dad is going to bring up the Trinity and my uncle's going to get pissed and my dad's going to get pissed and it's not going to be good for anybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what I would consider myself now. Because, I mean, I, I, there are some things I pull from a little bit of, a lot of different parts of Christianity that, you know, I, I believe or don't believe here and there. Like, I respect the saints. I don't know if I agree that there's anything special about sanctification, personally. Um, uh, I, I don't know if I consider it a real thing or just a, a nice title to be like hey check out this dude he was really smart knew his shit <laughs> um he wrote a really good book that might help you find some some extra faith somewhere <laughs> he left it lying around for all sorts of people to find so check it out you know that's yeah. that's kind of how i've always viewed faiths that's or, or saints and that's probably because i grew up protestant not catholic yeah. um but uh and Catholicism, I really like the uh, the obviously the aesthetic. Uh, <laughs> um, we do
1: we do have a walk in aesthetic.
0: How how consistent uh, Catholic churches are as a whole um, throughout throughout different communities? There aren't too many subgenres of Catholicism. Yeah. Um, and if
1: they're all like, say, Byzantine right, Eastern right, or yeah. that kind of stuff, they're all permissible under the same tree, and the differences yeah. are allowed. So even if you do find differences, it's always like a permitted difference. Or it's like a, a focused nice. difference. Like, we focus
0: yeah. more on the mystical aspect. We focus yeah. more on the physicalist aspect.
1: Like, I, like mysticism does not, like, speak to me in any way. I enjoy, like, reading, but it's, it's not how my brain... Interpret things, but I'm trying to read more mystic, more mystic. Like, I got an autobiography of a uh, Teresa of Avila and a lights and the whole mystic, mystic nuns people. I'm oh, yeah. truly trying to read more and get more into that kind of thing. But it's uh, I don't know. It's just not how my, it's not, not how my my brain speaks to metaphysics and speaks in uh, but like, mystic philosophy. And so metaphysics
0: and mysticism is like my favorite aspect of religion. To the point yeah. where I've like I've researched multiple like more many many religions different mystical aspects Mm. just to see what they say and i gotta say when people say religions are converging and in some sort of way or they're all they've all got a different point of view the same thing they're not talking about like the actual individual aspects of the religion Mm. they're talking about the mystical aspects Mm. they all share weird similar themes throughout the same thing now i think christianity is the only truly selfless religion And that's the the Calvinist in me coming out a little bit. Um, I wouldn't consider myself a Calvinist, but my dad is. And he influenced my my religious views a lot. Um, But uh, I got to say that that there is a lot of really weird times where religions come to extremely similar or identical conclusions. Mm -hmm. Like, okay... Christian metaphysics, basically to break it down super simply, when you die, your soul is placed in front of the blinding light of the Lord, where the sins are burned off like dead wood. And if you manage to let go of all of them so that you do not burn along with them, whatever remains after all of your sins burn away are what ends up going to heaven. Throughout all of Christianity, that is, those are like the story beats of your soul dying and going to heaven that are always the same. Whether you interpret that period as purgatory or you interpret that period as the death throes or you know some sort of uh, mystical theosophic state, um, those tend to be fairly consistent underlying themes to Christianity. Well, you see the same thing in Buddhism. Um, and, and in Buddhism, uh, it's all about letting go to reach nirvana. It's a really similar take. Um, in fact... You might find that uh, if you read, I don't know, you've been reading the Mystics a little bit. You're looking at the Mystic Nuns. Have you read Marguerite Perrette's, uh The Mirror of Simple Souls? I have not. It is a call-and-answer style reading that mm-hmm. is all about, like, she was uh, almost burned as a heretic <laughs> uh, because her idea was that the, the edicts, are useless for somebody who has truly become like sanctified. The, the the rules and edicts because they don't need the rules to follow them. They're gonna follow them because they're just that person now. Mm-hmm. So that's what she was saying. But they were trying to spin it like she was saying that. Oh, we should get rid of all the the rules of attending church and, and giving tithe mm-hmm. and all that. And she wasn't saying that. She was just saying that a person who who has reached the point where they are in spiritual oneness with the Lord and in a proper like uh, 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 theological mental state, mystical state, then they are just going to simply do those things without need of a rule or a call to do so. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a very beautiful book. There's a lot of call and response uh, aspects to it where there's uh two i forget what their names are honestly um but there's two beings talking to each other and uh one of them says what about this and the other says no this this and that it's is really wonderfully written uh margaret parete i forget how it's pronounced um the mirror of simple souls wonderful book uh she's She's Catholic, so if if you want to go that route, she's 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 one of your gals. <laughs> um, yeah. you you might like what she had, what she has. She uh, inspired Saint Thomas Aquinas a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. she even inspired my favorite reformist, which would be uh, Schwenkfelder, who would probably be the most. He probably made the most mystical form of Protestantism. Uh, very. Very yeah. interesting beliefs about oneness with the Lord, very cool stuff. Hmm. I love On, learning about all the different sets. So
1: cool. On the point made earlier about like the convergence in their, um, sad beliefs and the, the, uh, the what appearing coincidences of agreement between multiple religions, and yeah. things. Yeah. like there's a this is a, one thing I, I love about Aquinas is that <clears throat> for a Thomist, uh. There's only truths exists. Truth resides, resides in God, and truth 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 resides in God, and truth can contradict truths And so, if anyone who is studying truth is going or attempting to seek truth is going to discover things that are true, yeah. and those true things are going to be true across all religions and across all things. Yeah, this is, this is why you can find like when you we read about the um oh my god, it's it card, Not Hinduism. Is it Hindu? Islam. No, not, not Islam. I think it might actually be Hinduism. with um. Uh, what's the what's the one that has the the blue lady with the multiple arms?
0: Uh, that would be Hinduism, yeah.
1: Hinduism, yeah. So Hinduism, they have a, they are, a lots of gods, but they also have a there's an deal, and they have the the ultimate one, the, the capital Z. They would say God. Or I can't remember his name, like Baat or B A A T or something. Brahman. Uh, yeah, that. That's, thank you. Um, and some of the similarities that you could find when you're reading their works and this stuff of a god, they're, they're pretty accurate and close. Yeah. And so it's like they they have they have. When you have religions, to have concepts that are true, and they're gonna seek truth. So they're gonna find parallels, and which is really why I'm a fan of reading, like, like the the, the, the um,
0: Islamic Aristotelians are really yes. good about a lot um, of sayings. I'm a big fan of them. So is Aquinas. Have you read anything from Ibn Arabi yet for for Islam and unity of being? I've not. He's he's gonna be. He's a good. He's like one of the best for Islamic mysticism, in my opinion. He's also not gonna sit there and say a bunch of crazy shit like some of them do. <laughs> So uh, that I'm not going to go into that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, for Hinduism, one of my favorite combinations—sorry, I'm not speaking into the mic. Uh, for Hinduism's one of my favorite combinations is, uh, or one of my favorite things that parallels with Christianity is there is no true description of God. There is no description that uh, could be God. If you can describe it, it's not God. Yeah um yeah. god like, is like truly holy other
1: yeah like he all, like this is why one of the points in quietness like you can never you it's once possible to say what god is you have to study what he is not to determine what the is facts are
0: and in um, hinduism you can only say of brahman neti neti um not this not this as in hmm. you can only describe it in terms of negatives just as you said <laughs> yeah it is incredible how the study of I, I really like the way that Aquinas puts that—that uh, that, that the study of truth will simply beget truth. Mm-hmm. That it's—I know I know, I know
1: maybe, a few uh, Catholic like professors and scholars who have studied a lot of like Eastern stuff, and they incorporate a lot of like the simply they, they speak on the similarities as uh, as evidence to truths between the multiple religions where they where they coincide, which is what's, always really interesting though, because it's so outside my frame of what I know. So hearing that like makes you really want to go deeper into. But every time, every time every time I start reading anything that's not Catholic, I'm always like, taught, I'm always reminded, hey, I still don't know enough about my own face to start studying other face yet. <laughs> and so like, I pick up a book, I'm like, I read this. I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't finished reading this book yet or this book. So I, I once I get a better grounding, I've only been Catholic for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So once I get a better grounding on the Catholic stuff, I'm going to try to look more into the similarities that, that coincide with other religions. But I, I want to make sure I get a better foundation belt in the, my own face, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the best things about religion is there is so much depth to it. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things about Christianity is actually something that, and this is one of the biggest things I disagree with Protestants on, um, the the idea of biblical inerrancy, Mm -hmm. the problem with it, I don't think that there's anything in the Bible that's actually untrue unless a character is lying. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But but there's this idea in in Protestantism that everything in the Bible is literally propositionally true. Every word in the Bible is... Is actually literally true. The biblical
1: literalism. That was my uh, extreme.
0: I, my, biblical dude,
1: literalism. that's that's really what led me to like leave my church. As I um, my, my former pastor at the megachurch gave a sermon on, on on Genesis and on other other parts. And he said the Bible has to be read literally. And I I emailed him and I was like, Hey, what do you mean literally? Do you mean like literally literally or like there's a literal meaning and then there's a deep meaning? It's not only literally. I'm like, Does that mean we have to believe in a young earth? Um, and he said no not strictly because uh, the sun wasn't made to the third day so we have no way of knowing how long the previous days were i'm like it says a day <laughs> I, thought you read it, I thought you read it literally i mean it says yeah. day it means day like you just said that has to be literal but then you gotta backtrack immediately in the first like first chapter of the book you're gonna to say that that part's not literal come on man like, come it's on. such
0: like, a chore for me to read yeah. the bible to research anything anymore because i avoid that like the plague so mm-hmm. i take the idea of of uh the 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 great advantage I feel Protestants ha- have is they are so much more scripture based in my opinion like like they, they're more in love with the scripture of the Bible as a result of biblical inerrancy
1: there's a there's a real problem with a lot of Catholics nowadays where they don't they love they, they love and respect the Bible and they read the Bible, but they don't they don't want to make strictly biblical arguments because they exactly. believe those those arguments belong to Protestants. And it's like, see, this is where I, I differ from a lot. So in, in Catholic tradition, you can hold to two views of uh, authority a sority kind of thing. You have part and partum, which is in the authority uh, tradition's rest, and traditions West so part in scripture, part in authority, part in other things or you can hold to material sufficiency, like I do, that material sufficiency says anything that the Catholic Church believes can be found and affirmed in the Bible. So I can make a sort of scriptura basically, it's not solo sort because of you believe the dual authority of the Bible and of the papacy and that kind of stuff, but you can make, um, I believe everything the Catholic Church can be found and argued for true scripture, which is yeah. a, um, the this is, this is, this thing that's coming back, Michael Lofton of Reason and Theology is a mat, uh, material sufficiency, sufficiency, material sufficiency guy as well, and he's uh, really pushing for that, and there's, um, It's coming back, thankfully. So I think that's going to be a problem of this generation, not the next generation, hopefully. But it's something that I I am very passionate in trying to – I have a book called Where Was That in the Bible by Patrick Madrid. And it's just a short book where it it lists several Catholic doctrines and and provides scriptures and arguments based on those scriptures. And so I I try – I memorize most of all of that book because it's very hopeful to have a – if I can make a dual argument from, if I can make a triple threat argument from, like his biblical case, here's a reason case, here's a 3rd authority case, and then like, fourth, if I can like, a historical yes. case, if I can fit all four orders into one argument, it's very difficult to say that you have to pinpoint even if you debunk one point, the other points still stand. Yeah, and so I try to make material material uh-huh. arguments whenever whenever I can. That
0: that's basically that's basically what it is that that lies behind it. And so so what I do with that personally is I have open all at once because I am such a stickler for this because I grew up a Protestant. I have learned about so many mistranslations or changes that I can't truly believe biblical inerrancy anymore. Mm. So I literally, I actually read three versions of the Bible at once in tandem. Like I read the same verse in three different versions so, mm. first thing I do is I check out Young's literal translation. Mm. This, in my opinion, is the most readable literal translation. It gives you a good gist of what the grammar was technically trying to say accurately. I always use the interlinear version of the Bible in tandem. It's a little bit less readable and sometimes it falls to mistranslations as well, but the advantage to it is it uh, shows the Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic. It's um, the, the original word in its text, mm-hmm. the original word in its pronunciation. And it also provides a link. If you use the Bible hub version that goes to every instance of that word being used in the Bible. Hmm. It is an incredible resource, absolutely like amazing resource. So I use that in, ter- in in tandem with Young's literal translation, and um, by my father's recommendations, uh, I think he said the RSV or RSLV or something. I can't remember. Um, it's it's another somewhat more literal translation that follows some of the uh, the basic stuff. Yeah, uh, there's a
1: there's a real issue I have with. Um, Biblical translations, where it's it's so. It's a, it's a great book by Scott Hahn, um, Catholic theologian, uh, called uh, "Politicizing the Bible." Had mm-hmm. a Bible, uh, Bible. No, me just. me so get the title. Right,
0: hold on. Um, here we go.
1: So it's, it's a two-part book series. The first book is called Politicizing the Bible, The Roots of Historical Criticism and the Secularization of Scripture, 1300 to 1700. And the second one is called um, Modern Biblical Criticism Has a Tool of Statecraft, 1700 to 1900. Sure. And it's just a history of the times the Bible has been used and like, kings would find a guy who was like a... A worldwide person, or maybe a priest who was uh, upset with the papacy or something, and he'd bring him in as an advisor, and he would not have, him, hey, read scriptures like this, or interpret it like this, or do it like this, or translate it like this, in order to justify state power, or state growth. And so there's so many times where the Bible has been translated poorly. With Catholics a lot of people say Catholics that are, like attack Catholics. That, oh, you guys wanted to burn Bible translations that weren't yours. Like, well, yeah, if they're wrong in promoting heresy. I think it, the, the thing you ought to do is make sure that Bible is not going to promote heresy if it's yeah. inaccurate. <laughs> and so
0: tangent real quick. There is a uh, mistranslation. It's one of my favorites where uh, there was a priest who added something to a translation and then like a hundred years later another priest took that thing that was added out of the translation because he saw that guy added it and that wasn't in the version two times ago. And so the next guy like 30 years later who translated him... Added the incorrect edition back in and said keep the original idiot <laughs> in the, <with> the notes. <sighs> Sorry, funny
1: tangent. That nah, is a funny. That's a funny tangent. Yeah, it's like it's it's super important to me that he makes a. It's like it's one of the things that I really need to. I want to get more knowledgeable on because then people bring up like, oh, but it's starts wanting to burn these books into these German versions of the book. Okay. Like, well, if they were wrong, then the thing you're supposed to do should be <sighs> to burn them. <laughs> like if they're, if they're going if if the Bible is true, but if you're going to uh, misconstrue the Bible to promote AO and heresy, then I don't think it should be allowed to continue to promote AO and, and heresy. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, these, these two are fantastic books. I recommend everyone reads them. It's, it's got a Catholic mentor because he is Catholic, but I still think just the historical evidence he provides in the books are really useful for understanding, especially how the Christianity is the on the topic we're talking about christian status christian uh, Christo, when we call it christian status
0: Statist um, is what i've been yeah. calling them that came, yeah. actually came from uh one of my previous episodes with mm. sherry voluntary she came mm. on to promote one of her charities it's pretty cool nice yeah it covers yeah, legal like, fees for people who are liberty minded
1: it's mm, awesome pretty good stuff um but yeah like it's just so many examples of like um, governments and kings, or democracies, or dictators who wanted to uh, create a to justify a war, to justify something where they would find a guy who would not translate it in one way. or, And when, when, once that was realized, the intellectual classes began to do the same thing where they brought the Bible out of the church, the academia, in a way to translate and justify whatever political motives the intellectual class was pushing for. So, like, if you read this, you read, you read these books with a good understanding of like, elite theory and the, how the elites operate, it really blows your mind on how. Not just like important the Bible is, because uh, it is important, but how influential it has been. Not just in like a social sense, but in like a political sense, um and used by those you would call evil because they recognize the uh, the effectiveness of truth that is in the
0: Bible. Just... That's why I like Peterson. Mm. That's why I like Jordan Peterson. He really focuses on that 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 sort of like aspect of 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 translating it properly and trying to get the right deepest meaning out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if you if you hear his speech about when when somebody said that they're a Christian Marxist, um, and he just demolishes, uh, Jordan Peterson butt rapes, uh, liberal <laughs> in 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 speech. <laughs> Man,
1: those destroyed titles get like, so out of hand.
0: I love them. <laughs> ben I, I Shapiro, uh, Panel Felches. <laughs> liberal and <laughs> public. me oh, <the>, up. Uh... <laughs> It's just, it's just
1: a different time on the internet.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's it's quite a quite an adventure on on, on the e-webs. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Doesn't matter. Um, we'll go back to the subject. We we need a we need a new pejorative. That's that's really the reason I made this. We need a slur for Christians who aren't Christians. They just like. Money,
1: um, prosperity, Preachers. <laughs> yes.
0: Um.
1: I mean, I, I. I say stick to the old ones. Let's call them Heretics. Yeah. Let's stick to the old Damn. terms. Heretics, Damn. Heretics. Yeah. Going um, hard. Yeah. Yeah. I it's. Worship. <sighs> um pharisees we could call them pharisees but that, oh, might get a, a that, that might get That's a, a good different one. uh cogn- that might that might end up being labeled by anti-semitic stuff but you know yeah that um,
0: seems more like we need we need to we need to talk with the jewish liberty council to come up with that slur <laughs> to, to okay that with them
1: yeah <laughs> uh let's see what we can call them um I'm trying to think here let's see let's see. Um, you're a little nerdy with Lord of the Rings, uh, Gant, Salmon we call him Salmon, or so something like that, because he was a he was a wizard who was good and he went bad and went, went evil and promoted and worked with the evil governments of you know Salmon and Morgoth. So, I mean, I'm getting too nerdy. He's called Salmons. Um, let's see, there's... It's
0: a little too nerdy, a little too much.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Lord of the Rings things are like. I'm so torn because on one hand I love Lord of the Rings and I love and to make it make a good parallel to it. But at the same time, anytime I see it, if I see another like anarchist go, Lord of the wing is just a, a gov- is this a metaphor for the government. I'm like, stop it. Stop it. Like it, well,
0: it's, it's like it's,
1: it's it's just ways to read it other than just that.
0: <laughs> it's like uh it's like liberals do with uh what is it, Harry Potter. Mm. Same shit. Same shit. Dude, oh, Harry Potter. Uh, get did, off gay.
1: did you see that um, Freedom 2's cartoon on on, on the uh, Kenosha studio with a um, Harry Potter explanation? I did not. So there's a uh, it's, it's a cartoon. sitting down, and um, there's a liberal on one side and two guys on the other side, and they go, "So this guy, the child rapist pedophile who yelled the N-word was shot by a guy who defended himself." And the liberal goes, "Oh my God, the poor pedophile."
0: Yeah, and they, yeah. Go,
1: and, they go, and they go, like. Let me try this. See this guy? He's like Voldemort. And they go, <gasps> and he immediately just draws a scar over Kaiwa. And how is it? That's playing the Harry Potter music. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's how they work. That's how to I mean, I want to put out like one of the reasons that's something I said a while ago. Like so many reasons, Beady Taylor was so great, and so many like handball stories in the Bible and Sunday schools. Beady has slaps dog. It um, does. Like and so like the, the the good the good everyone makes um uh, political analogies it makes analogies through the narratives of the time the stories the Greeks did it with I mean Plato and Astar, always this Homer was always their example you know um and for why it was these Bible as the examples you know you use good fiction when the popular fiction of the day is Harry Potter and Twilight could we be surprised could, there's no it's no surprise to me why everything is so cringe <laughs> you know it's pretty be,
0: cringe yeah it's we do live. In The Times of Cringe. Though, I don't know if you know this, but... How long has it been since you checked out my bio? Because... I mean, look. Um, I have a part of my... Two parts of my ideology nobody knows about. I'm still writing one of them. Another one I stole from a YouTuber, but it's mine now, dreg. Uh, I'm post-cringe...
1: I like it. Post quince, post post left, post white, post center, post quince.
0: So I'm actually writing it. similar to Tet, making the post right uh, manifesto, whatever he wants to call it, his essay. Nice. Um, I'm making my own post center essay, <laughs> um, where there is no amount of agreeing or getting along that's going to work. Mm. It's just not how things go. I I gotta say, real quick.
1: I gotta say, real quick. I like the old profile pic better. (laughs) (laughs) That one was a that one slap. This new one was a cat looking at space. It's cool at all, but that is a cat. That is my cat
0: looking at space. Thank you. She's very beautiful. She is a rescue, and she ran up to us. Um, She's not like a rescue from a shelter. She's a she's a semi-wild rescue. So yeah. I think we thought she we think she's clearly been owned before. Her name's Clover. Mm-hmm. She is uh I think a brown tabby or an orange tabby or something. I don't know. I don't know how cats work. Um but I do know that cats love when you ignore them. Yes. So I just had food on me. I stood next to her kinda and I ignored her. She walked <laughs> up to me, she rubbed my leg, I gave her the food, I pet her head and we do that for a couple weeks because we go on walks. She was just a cat that hang around hung around our apartments. And mm-hmm. one day we're like, I don't think she's owned because she's not getting cleaned up at mm-hmm. all, and she's got all these scars on her back. She's bullied by the other cats in the apartments. So we snatch her. She's ours now, and she's the best cat ever. Takes a pet, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, she she's. She goes on walks with us outside with our Aww. dogs on leashes and she just <laughs> follows us. That's cool. And when we come to the house, she'll either go off on her own or she'll go inside. Um, mm-hmm. She understood how to use a litter box immediately. <laughs> um, yeah. We did I've,
1: had a, I've had the same cat since I was, um, let's see, like I'm at eight. I'm 23 now.
0: Damn. Um,
1: yeah, that cat, man, that cat has like four teeth left, and that's about it. <laughs> um, he just keeps going. It's, it's adorable. He used to be a mean, old, mean old cat. He he put, he try to pet him, he bites you. And nowadays, if you're standing still, he'll come up to you like nuzzle you. And if you don't pet him, he bites you. He's completely 180 on that, and it's it's adorable. Wow,
0: that's that's funny. Um, mm-hmm. my fiance's dog, uh, Frankie, she's a Chihuahua. Um, she's like. 70 years old now she's she's like uh i think it was uh 16 last time we, we mathed it out and she is still spry and limber and runs around and gets the zoomies in fact her butt is faster than her front legs so when she runs her butt goes sideways <laughs> when she runs as fast as she can her butt goes sideways it's That's amazing funny. it's the funniest thing you've ever seen uh <laughs> funniest shit i've ever seen <laughs> Um. yeah the, the VeggieTales profile picture that was great that was on suggestion of my fiance um, my, Mr. Lunt is in my opinion the greatest character of VeggieTales um, <laughs> second uh, to none uh, his third being <laughs> his second being Larry Boy oh dude Larry Boy uh, it, you, you can't
1: see because it's not camera but my background I'm a Larry Boy figure from the old VeggieTales myself
0: that's incredible I'm, dude,
1: I'm uh, jelly. dude, the Larry, Larry Boy, the, the movies they made were really good, but the best Larry Boy stuff was those cartoons they made. Did you ever see those? The Larry Boy cartoons? Yeah,
0: the like TV dude. cartoons.
1: Yeah, dude, that theme song I listened to the other day slaps. Like, it's straight fire. If you, anyone listen to this? You, like, listen to this, finish it off, and type in cartoon Larry Boy theme song. Listen to that. It's a bop, okay? It's just yeah. bussing.
0: You know, all the music from VeggieTales is actually really good, especially the first season, like the first eight episodes or so. Mm. The silly songs with Larry are all iconic, dude. The I mean, Water Buffalo.
1: I, I gotta ask you, what's your, what's your favorite like so- song VeggieTales Tales did?
0: Ooh, ooh, ooh! Um, damn, do I pick a serious one or a f- silly one? Ah. Uh. That's, that's the first question um you know what What? i gotta go with uh i think i gotta it's go so with tough. the uh it's
1: a oh. tough choice
0: <laughs> everyone's got a lot of buffalos Yours is fast, but mine, mine is slow. Is slow. <laughs> a lot so, of people don't know I can sing. <laughs> sing pretty well. Um, thank you. I think
1: I think my two, my, I think I'm tied for my favorite one. Like my favorite two favorite belly test songs are probably Larry's High Soak Cat." You
0: know, Ooh, has like yeah. the Italian cadence. It's a great I one. Just watched that one.
1: <laughs> That's a good one, and then I love "Boys in the Sink." I, I ain't got a belly button.
0: Oh wait! Like, All gosh. right, I change, I gotta change my opinion. It's not the Water <laughs> Buffalo. <clears throat> we are the pirates who don't do anything. Window. We just stay at home and lie around. To and when you ask us to do anything, window. we'll just to tell window. you we don't do anything. <laughs> Pretty good, Mister Light. <laughs> oh man, I'm uh, from New Jersey,
1: <laughs> dude. There's just so many like I went on a I don't know if you, on, I don't know if you saw not on Twitter a while ago. I went on a kick and made a bunch of belly tear memes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I made up all like extremely Catholic, <laughs> um, and I had uh, this is great interaction I had with some you're, guy. He's
0: your your Protestant or and Orthodox bait is hilarious, by the way.
1: Thank you, thank you. Um, and, I made, and some guy was like, I had never seen the best but tell me to um, what's up, a man in a funny hat? <laughs> <laughs> I immediately this took if I found a photo of Altamont when he had like a, a, a photo, <laughs> and I just out what's up, the man, the funny hat beneath it. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my favorite, I think my favorite, when I put a pizza of Martin lusso and it said, "Well, we zone the shirts when Betsy
0: was singing." <laughs> <laughs> like I was just,
1: I just having so much fun with the hair memes.
0: <laughs> like I told you before, my fiance is not a Christian, but we're, she's open to it, so we've been introducing her to it. And I decided, probably because we've tried it so many times to just sit down and read the Bible, and mm-hmm. I'm not that good of a preacher i don't like any of the, the preachers out here so far that, that i've looked into so uh i decided i'm going to introduce her the way i learned as a kid through veggie tales. <laughs> and the thing is her only experience with veggie tales, uh when she was a kid was esther which she had oh, the vhs of Great episode. Movies, that's a great one um and the veggie fables episode of drum Together <laughs> with the song that goes, God is watching everything you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, what was that? Um, the Esther
1: one is great. I think my favorite line yeah. in any veggie thing, though, is, um, we just go back to eat say, up three three square meals a day. Um, like all of a sudden, you could get, um,
0: Swimming in the Nile, and the guy's like, We were in slavery. Oh, right, 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 right. I can voice that, too. Let me try this one. <clears throat> we were in slavery. <laughs> oh, it's just such
1: a great joke. He's like, Nothing is perfect. It's the way <laughs> I love how like, you could, oh man. is
0: perfect. Oh, this is uh, my
1: fiance's
0: favorite so far.
1: He is, he's hilarious um dude that that's the one I'm like are you calling me a good nat no it's pronounced nat that whole that whole bit is just still to this day one of my favorite like jokes in the movie kind of thing like I, god i want to watch the better tales now man i it haven't watched really good wordplay in
0: it it's mm-hmm. so good um, um humor. We, we watched the episode with with montana cuke uh mm. the other day and dude, those
1: oh my god like those ones are so word, good
0: there's this one wordplay exchange where uh Larry's talking to Mr. Lunt and Mr. Wicker uh, or whatever Mr. Lunt's character is, uh, Mr. Wicker, like back and forth. And uh, they're, they're just doing all these words, like, like all these phrases back and forth and so many puns and there's so many layers to it. <laughs> you know what show it reminded me of? Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it reminded me of Xavier Renegade Angel, if you've mm. seen that. I had seen some of that such incredible wordplay. I've seen that show like 15 times through and <laughs> I'm still finding new jokes and puns written in or visually thrown in with the wordplay in ways that I didn't even realize before. Like, Oh, and the bug goes into the drain afterwards. And it's something funny because it's related. It. Like, like it just goes so deep every last bit of it. They had to have been on acid when they made some, <laughs> there's yeah. no way. I- like VeggieTales
1: is, is vegetables has no right being has like clever and funny as it is for kids. So about singing and talking vegetables to Bible stories. Yeah, I mean that's for for, I the, for the concept, it's
0: so solid. It's uh, fantastic. So I mean, and also that dude invented so many animation techniques. Mm-hmm. That are I mean, still Pixar had to get there.
1: hold of him. Like Pixar had to contact I'm like, hey, how are you doing that Seek sing when the did seek blow up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Also, just the overall concept that it is the the true set takes place on a bathroom sink in the imagination of the vegetables. And the Mm -hmm. vegetables are putting on skits of stories (laughs) for the camera and posting it online and sending it out. The, the, The idea is that the vegetables are doing all of it and receiving letters. And it's the vegetables doing it. And it's like on a realistic set where mm-hmm. they're at realistic vegetable scale, and then they go to yeah. these sketches. It's so solid. Everything yes. about it works so well. This is not a an episode about Christo Sadists anymore. This is now an episode <laughs> about how rad VeggieTales is. <laughs> they do.
1: I mean, they all like, and someone, somebody, um. Like, not just, like, the Bible story episodes they would do, or like, the original ones they do, like, the parodies, like, Lord of the Beans, you know? Montana Duke. <laughs> like, just the... Like, Lord of the Beans is still one of my favorite videos I ever saying, because it's so... Dude, I want to say, this real quick, one of my favorite videos on YouTube. I want to see this to watch later. Um, so they can find it. Um, Han. Um, Batman, Larry Boy, uh, edit. <laughs> Someone took the, uh... Dark night trailer with the Joku in it and basically edited it over a Larry Boy movie, a Larry Boy episode. Uh. And dude, you'd be amazed at how well it works. Like the music, the scene, because like that first that first Larry Boy one they did with um the Zion Fair, they did some weird, like the lighting got dark. Like it was very like contrast color. They did a great job with the um the lighting of it all. And so it this it, it, it works surprisingly well with the um okay, I'm sending, I'm sending it to you now. Um, you should watch this after the podcast because it's just fucking hilarious. You know, okay, uh, you. I'm,
0: I'm working with my buddy Daniel on mm. uh, getting a business going here in Montana. Where mm. We're going to 3D print stuff. Mm. And uh, <laughs> we're desi- he, he found us a client. And mm. so I, I'm the one designing the 3D prints. He found me through the, the, the 3D printed gun stuff. Um, and uh, he got a client with a mm. weed glass store a marijuana glass store so <laughs> my fiance <laughs> wants me to make a dugout i don't know if you know what a dugout is i do not uh basically it's a little case that has a fake cigarette in it the fake cigarette is a is a is a weed bowl a smoking bowl mm. and there's another compartment in the dugout that you fill, fill with weed and you just stick the fake cigarette in the weed. It fills the cigarette with weed, and you can smoke it. And it looks like you're smoking mm. a cigarette, even though you're smoking weed. Nice. So, um, you, I have those, and they request that I put patterns on them. My fiance suggested I uh post put in a picture of Larry the cucumber, <laughs> and have the comment funniest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> And have those be sold. That would be pretty cool. Uh, that would be very funny. Very funny. Um, that, was, that was her idea. Also, it's a lot of fun to 3D design. for. for I bet.
1: People. Let me ask you, uh, speaking of like tales and like, you know, Christian kid cartoons and that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, do, you ever, do you ever watch the show Bible Man or Angel Wars? You know, I didn't. Um, oh.
0: My other Christian thing was the Archangel mm. comics. Mm. Those are good. Those, those are so awesome. The art um i love the villain design my favorite Mm -hmm. character is actually the villain with the mask that goes over his nose and and chin Mm uh the fight with uh with michael at the end is awesome um i don't know if you've read through all of them but it it, i had the whole i had the whole series it's it's really really quality quality comics but uh, honestly i didn't really watch much other christian tv other than Mm veggie tales um, I grew up in a, I, so my, my, uh, household's, um, denomination when I was a kid was evangelical free, mm. um, which basically take the idea of evangelicals, but proselytizing doesn't work in their eyes, not in the same way. What you do is you live your life well, as you know, you should by, you know, God by what the Bible says, Mm -hmm. and you will be happy. And when you are happy and you are doing well, and you are able to withstand hardships that would stagger other people, or you are able to smile through hardships that would uh, make others uh, be fraught with worry, um, and you're able to simply continue trusting God, people will ask you how Mm -hmm. you do... And that is when you have the opportunity to show them. That is mm-hmm. basically what what I took away as evangelical free, and I actually really agree with that basic philosophy. I don't agree with a lot of the rest of evangelicism. What makes it yeah. different? Um, I I think that there is a lot of really big problems with them taking the Bible propositionally and then like exclusively propositionally every word of yeah. it. And then taking that to extreme proportions where they're trying to put laws in place and put restrictions on people that uh, end up being injurious towards the end goal. There's some sins that simply should be available to us. Absolutely. this is just, just know better.
1: This is one of the things Aquinas wrote about when he talked when, uh, asked about legalizing uh, laws around prostitution. Is he wrote about well, prostitution is a sin and people should not do it. Um, more harm more harmly brought about um, punishing and pe- trying to prevent prostitution with a sword, at, by a sword, or by a gun. Um, <clears throat> exactly. And then it would be to let it persist. And so like, one of the things he wrote about, I have one of my books I have is a chronicle on law, on morality, politics, and law. And it's about how um, one of the things he talked about is how yeah you can't have a law that is more harm than good. You have to have like process. I can't, I can't think of the word right now because it's you know midnight here, um, but I can't say in the world right now, but yeah, it's just one of the things he's brought about by that, and also one of the things we have is that if a law is unreasonable, you don't have to follow it.
0: Yeah, um, exactly.
1: Which is just fantastic because you can make a lot of good arguments there,
0: um, but yeah. As Jesus would say, um, if your hand causes you to sin, hmm. cut it off.
1: Or well, as St. Orgin did, little, as a saint, I always say that not a saint. He's one of the few church fathers who is not a saint. Um search father and did, because he was so lustful. Um he took a rock and cut his own dick off. Woo! He later admitted that that was a mistake and he probably shouldn't have done that, but uh <laughs> damage was done. He just was like he was looking at six and was like, you know what? I don't need this anymore. And this took the rock and this fucking boom.
0: Yeah, it doesn't sound like uh, treating your body a little like a temple.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably not. I mean, but he is—he is the is sad version of like Aquinas. Uh, I mean, Aquinas, Saint Augustine. Lord, make me taste, but not yet. Uh, so, Father orders it, grabs a rock and just fucking boom solves the problem. <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen how they castrate camels? i have not and i, Dude, I it's don't horrifying want, i don't ever want to see it i, I
0: don't want to see that <laughs> if you're not going to see it i'll describe it oh, okay, okay <laughs> so they walk up behind the camel the camel's legs are tied down normally but it's still standing mm-hmm. they have two rocks that are sharp and flat and long they walk up behind the camel reach their arms around its butt and they take their hands and they position them on either side of the nutsack. Then they pull <sighs> their hands back and whack the rocks together. Ooh, oh, 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 no, no, no. It was worse. It you know was worse what? How, how PETA wants you to do it. You want to know just, how PETA wants you to do it? Sure, how does they PETA want you to do rubber it? Rubber
1: bands called castration oh, bands. Okay, I know what you're talking about, and I, I hate it. I hate it so much i hate it so much just thinking about it it's like no no
0: no blood no no, no, curdling no. Scream. sorry about the blood curdling scream. it's all good
1: i mean oh. it is absolutely just just disgusting Woo!
0: i hate factory farming i prefer good old-fashioned killing them in the woods or Amen. farm them properly Woo. <sighs> poor creatures well it has been an hour and a half we have uh kicked the ass of christus Praise the Lord and praise VeggieTales. Um, <laughs> almost. Uh, you know, not, not as important, but important enough to be on the same list. Um, yes. So I, I feel safe in saying that these people are certainly uh, motivated by the nature of the Antichrist, which I don't know if you've heard what I consider the nature of the Antichrist, um, but basically it's the total accumulative nature of human will exclusively. The cumulative nature of our desires, our machinations, the emergent properties that we create and consider real, like businesses and states, I consider all of that to be part of the body of the Antichrist. It is mm-hmm. what he uses to corrupt minds. It is what he uses to influence uh, the the spirits and thoughts and beliefs of those around uh, these these properties that that he can influence them and spread his will over the Lord's that is Mm -hmm. why I love the meme that the UN is the Antichrist which (laughs) (laughs) it is is. but I also include the US government with that Um, as you said um, so basically my perspective on, on it at the end of the day is that you can't lose sight of the Lord Mm-hmm. You know, I, ha- I was having this talk with my dad the other day. Um, as some people know, and, and as many people are right now, I'm struggling with money. Um, it, we're in a recession. It's really difficult to keep up with bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to my dad, and he helped me a little bit out with, with some gas money. And he helps me out all the time. And I hate asking for money. Yeah. I, I've never been comfortable doing it. Even when I was homeless, I didn't ask for money. Mm-hmm. um i i'll i'll get into that story some some other time um but i was i was telling my dad that that you know after he said that you know i really want to give you a better thank you than just a thank you i, I said i i want to i, I want to honor you i want to i want to be like you when i'm when i'm an adult i want to be as frugal or as you were with money and as, and as hard working as you were with your time, I mean, he, he was an IT professional and, uh, mm-hmm. and a musician, a trombonist at the same time, mm. uh, which is a lot of work. He was working an 80-hour-a-week job. And then his weekends were him working more with music. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just worked so hard. And I always saw him working... And I always admired him so much because he's my father, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. I love my dad. So um, I I told him all this, that this is how I feel. And when I know what he called me and said, he said, I wanted to call you to let you know that I love you. And I love everything you're saying. But I want to make sure that you remember to keep God in mind. Not just, not just your old man. And I told him right then and there, that's another reason. You old bastard. I don't want to, I want to be like you. What don't you get about this? (laughs) I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I told you that's just another reason I want to be like you, dad. And, uh, and he was worried. I was being praiseful of him. Like what a, what a guy. Chad, Uh, absolute giga Chad, my father. Um, he's been amazing my entire life he's the and uh yeah anyway uh the uh at the end of the day really that's what it is you got to keep god in mind Um, keep
1: god in your life son yeah yeah, exactly
0: (laughs) you got to keep god in mind he is why we do what we do it's not for you like, like I was saying earlier, my dad says that Christianity is the one true selfless religion. Um, it's the only religion that that promotes true selflessness when you take it in its true reading. That's what the that's what makes these prosperity preachers so awful. That's what makes these people who use Christianity as an excuse to go murder brown children uh, to protect their opium fields in the Middle East. Um it's it's all the same thing. It's yeah. it's a lie. It's it's taking advantage of the word the Lord gave us to help guide us and bastardizing it for your own selfish ones. That's why any reading of the Bible needs to remain selfless unless it's you know something like air. You know, air ma- airplane cabin pressure mask doctrine. You know, cover your needs real quick so you don't die before someone else. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's one of my that's one of the greatest philosophies, oxygen maskism.
1: <laughs> I like anyway.
0: It. Uh, this has been going on for an hour and a half. Um, yeah. This has been awesome. You've been an awesome guest. Thank I'd you. I love it's to have you fun. on again. Uh, anytime cuz i i would i don't want to have a full blown debate i want to have like a i want to have like a get together okay of like different levels of christians and anarchists and liberty types of of mm-hmm. of, of other stretches like libertarians or left libertarians yeah. as, as much as i have disdain i want to give them a chance to say their Shenanigans, if they if they so choose, but I, I want to get like I want to get everyone together, and I want to see a discussion take place.
1: A, a, a liberty ecumenical council.
0: Yes, about first of all whether Christians can be anarchist or vice versa, whether statists can be Christian or vice versa, um, or whether. Y'all can be Christian, just shut up and love God. Honestly, that's probably the real answer. Um, just,
1: just tweet that out. Say, y'all, you shut up
0: and love God. That's, yeah. that's it. Just yeah. love God, man. He's he's so good to us. He gives us everything. Even if all, even if God didn't create the world and all these machinations continued on, if we didn't have God, we still wouldn't exist. Because I think God is what makes us experience everything. I think God is what is experiencing your life right now. I think that is what mysticism is getting at. Um, And that is what is meant by God is watching. The image of God, I've said this before, um, I consider it to mean something more like, in I don't know how much you know about computers, system disk image of God. Um, As a metaphor for that is our free will, our ability to discern and, discern and reason like God can. This is why the ancient Israelites could literally wrestle with God. They literally debated with God. They debated with God in First Samuel 8 to have God allow them to make a kingdom. He said, okay, here's the consequences. It's a rejection of me, not just Samuel. Uh, you'll cry out to me and I won't hear you after all this crap happens to you it's a grossly paraphrase yeah (laughs) um anyway um i I would love to see this discussion happen on a bigger scale with more people Mm. um so i also want to get do a final get together with a protestant a catholic and an orthodox talk about literally anything just all the different perspectives have us get into verbal fistfights (laughs) about stupid shit that barely affects the actual religion in the long run (laughs) yeah i mean like imagine get having you patriarch prime and i don't know um liberty for christ or whatever his name is I, i forget um Imagine having all of you guys on a on a on a podcast together.
1: Sorry to say this, but I, I could I don't know who any of those people are.
0: Oh really? Yeah. Um, pa- Patriarch Prime is that one? Probably the biggest Orthodox poster I've seen that talks about anything liberty related. Um, mm. It's pretty big. This is not a promo for him. I don't know mm. him, and he like only responds to me to like be a shithead to me. <laughs> but he knows this shit about orthodoxy. He, like, posts yeah. the worship clock or whatever it is that they use mm-hmm. to be like, ah, it is this hour. Pray these prayers. Yeah. I, I don't know what it's called. I don't know. I know, you know
1: in, in Catholics we call it the liturgy of the Hours, but I don't know what it's called in orthodoxy.
0: I think that's what his pictures say, the hours. Pray the Vespers. It's the seventh hour some shit. I don't know how it works. Um. Anyway. Um, Thank you very much for coming on, Caleb. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Uh,
1: So You can find me on Twitter at CalebBrown549. My podcast is on YouTube, Spotify, and all the podcasters. Uh, It's Face, Liberty, and Praxis. Uh, And You can follow Osteotomism at Osteotomism on Twitter. Hopefully the website will be up soon. We are also on YouTube. Uh, I currently post all the videos of Osteotomism on my YouTube page, but we do have a separate Spotify page for the Content We have uh, <clears throat> live readings of Zach Mariton and Eric, uh, Eric Von Kluedin. We have uh, book clubs for Ed Phase's Ed Five Priestly of God and Divorce Your Soberness by Ayn Rand. And we have a comedy show we do called Late Night with Osteotomism, uh, where we kind of do like a timeline of Slep King died, so we we replace them.
0: Um, and that's kind of what we do. And so for the people who struggle with spelling, that's A U S T R O T H O. M-I-S-M. Ostrotomism. Thomism. (laughs) Thomacism. Thomism. Thank you very much for coming on, Caleb. No problem. Thanks for having me. Again, everyone, this is the I Hate the Antichrist podcast. Um, We have had a change of scenery on the website. It is still a little bit under construction. We are moving things forward. Um, But the... uh, the website is up at OEUI.live. You can also find me in multiple places on Twitter. You can f- follow the podcast itself at IHTACast. Or you can follow me personally on Twitter uh, at OEUI underscore live. Um, what I do there is up to me. Um, I am quite the extreme shit poster, so be warned those who wish to follow me directly. Um, but again, thank you so much for coming on, Caleb. It's been awesome. Um, I, I really appreciate you, man. No problem,
1: man. Again, thanks okay. for having me on. It's a lot of
0: fun. Yeah. Thank you. Peace, everyone. Oh, and before we go, um, for the sins of taking the name of the Lord in vain, truly for taking the lord's word and blaspheming it for their own choices for their own wills for not truly understanding the word and not allowing yourself to see that humble yourself and continue to learn i declare christian statists sarmons or saurons (laughs) whatever you want to call them uh jerks these guys are real jerks um I declare them to be and this might be what I just call them part of the body of the Antichrist. Thank you, Caleb. This episode of the I Hate the Antichrist podcast was brought to you by WebArchis.com. Again, that is WebArchis.com, formerly your virtual task quiz. Again, BJ is sponsoring the website. She's hosting it for us. She helped develop it. She's awesome. Um. So shout out to her and thank you everyone. Caleb, before we go, do you have any dad advice for the audience to steal something from a YouTuber? Go on. What kind of advice? Uh, Dad advice for the audience. Fatherly advice. No.
1: Find a good woman. Go to church. Uh, Any, uh, any, if you're going to read philosophy, don't read anything stupid.
0: That's that's about it. That's great, Dad. Advice. Thank you, Caleb. I'd shake your hand, but we're uh, probably at least a thousand miles apart. So.
1: <laughs> I'm in Florida. You're in know, what Montana? That's like the other yeah. end of the country. Is not yeah. the internet amazing?
0: That's incredible. Speaking live with someone thousands of miles away, incredible. Caleb, enjoy the rest of your evening. I'm going to go uh, watch Veggie Tales with my beautiful fiance.
1: <laughs> Wonderful. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy,
0: man. Peace. You too.